It is, as usual, my privilege to um, call up some new members, new family members. So, yeah, I'm always excited about this. Llewellyn Africa. That's Llewellyn. Please come to the front, sir. We want to see you in all your splendor. <laughs> the formidable Tom and Penny Webster. <laughs> Savannahson Francis. Francis Savannahson. Francis. Jocelyn Adams. Is Jocelyn here? Jocelyn in? No? Jocelyn's not here. Well, Jocelyn Adams and um, Arden Taylor are normally part of Savannahson, but I think they are not here this morning, so we will, we will love them in their absence. So, welcome to the Father's house. I know you've been visiting for quite a while, you've been part of the, the, the congregation for a while, but we just want to publicly say welcome. These are your family members. So, so can, we just, can we just stretch out our hands to them and just pray for them? So Father, thank you that you daily add to your church, you, that you've added these precious, precious people. Savannahson, Llewellyn, may the Lord bless your businesses. May you find favor in your business. May there be doors opening exponentially that you wouldn't even have known what can happen. Tom and Penny, may the Lord just lead you deeper and deeper into intimacy with Him through everything that you know, everything that you do, because I know you love the Word. So may the Lord bless you in this house, and we look forward, Lord, for them to live out their calling for as long as they may be with us. So Father, would you bless them in Jesus' name? Amen. Thank you, Didi. All right, um, I will call on Tim as he is also coming slowly. <laughs> Come on. Is there power? <laughs> there is power in the name of Jesus. There we go. Good morning, everybody. Are you well? Did you smile with somebody next to you? Maybe you should. You just greet someone, smile, give them. <laughs> it's cold, so we warm them up, you know. <laughs> Somebody you haven't greeted this morning. <laughs> a smile goes a long way, they say. <laughs> so I, I had a good week. Um, I hope you had a good week. Um, I, <laughs> you, you did, Marlon. We're going to pray for Marlon. You know, he's, he's that child, you know, in the family. <laughs> we love you, Marlon. <laughs> Gives me a lot of work in the week, you know. We do a lot of feedback of the church on a Tuesday, and I have hours and hours of feedback with Marlon. Um, I know it's called discipleship, <laughs> but I, I want us to do something this morning. Um, those of you that are running businesses, um, can I ask you to stand? We're going to pray for you. I'm one of them, <laughs> but just anyone that's running a business, entrepreneurial, um, yeah. And uh, maybe you are, yeah, maybe you, you are, I'm missing somebody. Where's, where's, where's Tim? Is he gone? Gone to the bathroom. Okay, we'll, we'll pray for him. Yeah. You know, have a look around. Hey, there's a lot, eh? And you know, um, 
the Lord did not put you in this church for just no reason, right? You're here, and I look at how many entrepreneurs, business owners we have in this church. Um, I want to encourage you to pray for each other and, and to encourage one another. This week, I felt it. I felt, man, we've got to really lift up the business owners in this nation and particularly in this church. And so I'm going to ask those of you that are sitting to stretch your hands out to them. Some of you have got staff that you are worried about. I want to just take off the yoke of bondage this morning um, because the Lord says we, we can bring all our burdens to Him and leave it at His feet. Some of you are not sleeping well at night because you have all these things that you, you're worried about. I also saw, and I shared this with someone this week, but I saw like a blockage in the supply chain. And I really believe the Lord wants to unlock that. You know, God is the king of kings, and he's, he is in control of all things. He can unlock any blockage, even financial um, cash flow blockage. When money you're waiting on, um, work that you have done, and the money hasn't come. You, you identify with that? So we're going to just pray, and we're going to just unlock these things in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that everyone that is standing this morning is called by you, Father. Lord, into your kingdom to be kingdom um, initiators through their business. And I pray, Father, that you would give us clarity of why you have called us to be entrepreneurs. We thank you for the word last week. Father, we thank you that we are ambassadors. And I pray this morning, Father, each ambassador standing before you is um, able to tap into your economy that is not deterred by the economy of this world. And so, Father, I pray that you strengthen hearts this morning, that, Father, you'd give them courage this morning, all of us, including me. <laughs> give us courage, Father. I thank you for supernatural strategies. Lord, different ways, innovative ways of doing what we are called to do. And I thank you, Father, that your favor will, that is upon us will just rest upon us. And so, Father, we just unlock, as your word says, whatever is bound in heaven is bound on earth. Whatever is loosed in heaven is loose on earth. Father, we loosen every supply chain. Father, where there is problems with importation, I thank you that you're the God that can even unlock importation in this country. Father, we pray we, we, uh, the, uh, those waiting for finances to come in, I pray that you will unlock, Father God, um, for that money to come in so that cash flow can once again just operate without stress. And we thank you for your peace, Jesus, because you are the Prince of Peace. I pray that every one of us will be able to sleep and rest in your peace, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, so I hope you had a look around, and maybe you want to grab somebody, you know, have a coffee, and talk about these things. You know, I am very cold. I don't know about you. Are you feeling cold? Okay, I'm not going to keep you too long. But we, we've had a we've had a good um, weekend last week, and again, uh, Angus, Tammy, thank you so much. Um, also, just want to honor you guys for um, your commitment to studying, and for those that didn't come to the evening, um, they actually graduated on Sunday night. So as a community and as a family, I do want, to, want us to recognize that, you know. The Bible says that we, we, need to, we need to study to show ourselves approved. And so studying is not bad, it's a good thing, and um, I'm happy because I finished my last module 
yesterday, two years or so. So I'm just behind you, right? I'm like just catching up there. Um, and, and in doing that, um, it's been a, t- a rough week, you know, but I thank the Lord for my wife. She gave me the freedom um, for me to be able to focus a bit. But the Lord spoke to me about something I believe is important for us as the Father's house. If you didn't know this, then know this this morning. That we are not looking at our prophetic identity anymore. We are living it out. Okay, must I say that again? (laughs) I remember, and I always say this, and so just bear with me. I remember a wall right there full of prophetic words. And I remember staring at them and taking you know, note of it over and over. Um, and in fact, um, thanks to Jose, I've got, a whole, I've got a whole collection of it. Because it came off the wall, but it's now sitting on my laptop. <laughs> but um, we are no longer staring at a prophetic identity that was declared over this church. We are actually walking into it. And some of you have maybe realized that and others maybe not. And you know what I've realized is whenever you take a step into your identity and, and God reveals identity over time, because identity doesn't just come to you at your birth. I don't know if you know that. You don't just come and get born and then you, oh, I know who I am. I'm a feeder. <laughs> no. Oh, my name is Tim. And Timothy means honor God. You know, you don't get born like that. You, you become who you actually are. There's a sound. It's a process of becoming. You become that. And more and more as you walk with Jesus, you become more like Him. And your identity is formed. And as a church, it's a similar process. The more we look to Christ, the more we see who Jesus is, we look at a prophetic word, and this is what I'm going to speak about this morning, and we align it to what we call the centrality of Christ. Who is Jesus? Does that word align to who he is and what he does and how he lives his life and how he sees um, himself as the Son of God? Because we are sons and daughters of God. and So we align it all to who Jesus is. And you know what? You then walk into that. You've got to walk into it. You can't keep staring at the, the words that God has spoken over you. And um, no matter how much you declare it, unless you walk into it, you'll never be that. You might miss it. And so last week we had a lot of good prophetic words, and I'm so excited and so blessed because um, in the evening the whole team was busy, and I, I had to eventually stop them, stop laughing on the pet. <laughs> it was good. I know it was really good. But I had to, I was eating the carpet I said to the Lord, not this carpet, but you know, I'll share a little bit about that because I think it's just a significant, um, but I, I, I saw a lot of people getting prophetic words, and, they, and I was standing there at the door, and as they were walking out, they were like, man, they were so spot on. How did they know? <laughs> That's the Lord. And so receiving the word is one thing. But what you do with what God has called you, because the prophetic word brings out your identity, what you do with it is far more important than just receiving it. And the, the part that you play, you and I play, 
is to walk into it. And this morning, um, through this uh, word, because um, I've been processing after I got up from the floor, <laughs> I, st- I-, I processed all week. And, and um, you know, it's amazing that when a word comes, God will always give you confirmation. The confirmation sometimes has, has happened before the prophetic word. Sometimes it happens after. In other words, you'll send another person. So I'm sitting on Facebook. Can you believe it? Of all places. After I wrote my one exam and I couldn't sleep and I went onto Facebook and I came across a friend of mine who um, was mentioned last week, Dan McCullum, doing some prophetic ministry. You know, you know, that's what I love about technology. You can use technology for the glory of God. <laughs> technology is not the bad thing, you know. Um, and so I decided, hey, you know what, let me just log in. And they asked, anyone who wants the prophetic word, please just say who, who you are, where you're from. And I thought, okay, I know they know me, but they, they had a, similarly like last week, they had a whole school of uh, students prophesying on Facebook. Um, and so I gave my name in, and I said, South Africa. And uh, Dano didn't know it was me. I don't know why, but they kind of missed. There's a lot of people, so I think they just missed. But then I got the words, and I'm like, wow, the same word spoken by three people from all over the world, different places, that, that, that I'm pointing to where I fell. <laughs> Auntie Pat, don't laugh. <laughs> That was spoken there over that oh, oh, when I was lying there. Um, the same word. One person was from the States, the other person was from I don't know where else, and all came with the same word. They didn't know me. God confirms the word. And once the word is spoken, it's you and I that have to take the step into that which God has spoken, our true identity. And so I want, to get, I want to speak about this t- today because as a prophetic people and an apostolic people, the Father's house, we believe in the fivefold ministry. And if you don't know what that is, then today it's a little bit of a teach, if that's okay, with a little bit of a preach, okay? But the fivefold ministry, according to Ephesians 4, is the apostle, the prophetic, or the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And the Bible says, what is the purpose of these, what we call offices? Because they are offices. This is not a gift that comes on people. This is a gift that you, you walk in as an office. In other words, you, you are, if you're a prophet, you will begin to prophesy as though it is what you, it's like, this is what I eat and therefore I am, you know. You are a prophet. The gift of prophecy is slightly different. The Bible says in Corinthians that the gift of prophecy is what the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then he gives the gifts as he wishes. And so that gift comes on you. But here, this gift in Ephesians 4, and I'm going to read it to you, is given by Christ, which is an a office that you walk in. Now we believe, now last week we had, I would say Dub was a very strong teacher prophet. Very prophetic in Revelation but a very, very good teacher. Teachers are normally able to challenge the body. And they bring forth revelation that needs to be tested. That's your part. Anything spoken from the pulpit, even my words, the Bible says that you have the authority, 
in Christ as a believer to test every word, which means you go and you actually sit with that word. That's what I did this week. And I scrutinize, and it's good. That's why we encourage people, record the prophetic words, you know. I'm also speaking, sorry, I was told by the media team to speak to the camera as well. Hello, everybody. <laughs> There's another audience there. <laughs> um, and they're sitting all over the world, by the way. So where were you from? Hello. <laughs> Father's house says hi. <laughs> um, and so you, you have the responsibility to test that word. And today I'm going to speak about how we test the word. Because if we don't test the word, then we will not mature in the Lord. And so prophets will come, which I believe is going to be happening in this house. Prophets will rise up even within the house. Um, evangelists will come and they will challenge you to go out there. <laughs> and they'll, say, they'll tell you what the assignment is. Come on, you gotta, we got to go. Apostles come and they establish. They establish you in truth and they also establish you in assignment. And I'll speak a little bit about that. Um, pastors are normally the ones that stay. You know why they stay? Because pastors establish you in fellowship and they establish you in uh, the household, the family of God. And so we need all of that, not just one. In fact, Ephesians 4, let, let me read that quickly. It was one, sorry, 11 to 16. And it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, to equip his, his people for works of service. Now, the works of service there is not necessarily only talking about within the church. In fact, I would almost encourage you not to think like that. Yeah? The works of service doesn't mean, you know, bless, bless the hospitality team, Marcel and the team, they're excellent what they do. But the works of service is, as we heard last week, it's beyond this place. It's within your sphere of influence, where are you positioned? Whether you're positioned in the workplace as an entrepreneur, whether you, you, you know, you're the worker, you're there, you, you are positioned um, by the Lord, in fact, to do the work of this ministry. And as you do that, as unto the Lord, you advance His kingdom. And so it's important that we have the fivefold. It goes on, so, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. There's a different kind of unity, and we're going to talk about both. There's a unity within a congregation that is brought together through fellowship, trust, and love. And Jesus is the center of that unity. But this unity in the faith is a unity broader than a church, a local church. It's the unity of the kingdom. It's the unity in the faith. It's the unity that wherever I travel, wherever I go, um, and I meet others, other believers, I'm immediately unified in the faith. I, I don't know if you've... Last week we had that. They come here, they're all from all over the world, and they sit there, and you feel like, man, what brings us together? It's the unity in the faith. Our faith in Christ. Our faith um, in knowing Jesus, knowing God. And in knowing who we are in Christ. But um, it goes on and says, so the body may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, that's Jesus, and became, become mature, 
attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Maturity is a key word that I believe is God is calling each and every one of us is to become mature. Becoming mature means, according to this scripture, that in the fullness of all that ministries, the fivefold ministry, the apostle, the evangelist, the preacher, I mean, the teacher, the uh, um, prophet, um, in, in the fullness of all of that, we become mature as Christians because we start to operate apostolically. I'll explain what that means. We start to operate evangelically. We start to operate in our, even as a, in, in, in our revelation of God, as uh, what was taught unto us, we start to operate in all of our lives, in every area of our life. And the center of this is the measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, Jesus is the center of it. If I don't speak the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you have the right to come and clap me. <laughs> I know it's a bit harsh, eh? but seriously, I can speak the gospel of Tim Feeder, and that's called revelation, but even the gospel of Tim Feeder, just scrap the gospel, the revelation of Tim Feeder has to be tested by the gospel of Jesus. And so you sit back and you test the word according to the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning or craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, hey, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. It comes back again. Who? Jesus. Maturity lies in Christ and Christ alone. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And I love that because that's what we're about. It's not about the man standing here, or the pastor, or the pastors, or the teachers, or the prophets, or the evangelists. It's not about them. It's about every one of us doing what God has called you to do, being who God has called you to be. And that needs to be celebrated in every church, I believe. And that's what we're going after. That's who we are. Um, sometimes I feel the, the, the way the church is set up in general, not just this church, but uh, the church in general is set up, um, is probably part of the challenge, right? We have one pulpit, <laughs> we've got one stage, only one team can stand on here and lead us into worship. But you know what? I was telling the, the staff this week, when I listen to the worship of the house, man, my heart, I can hear the worship in this house. And I don't mean the singing, because you can sing and not worship. I mean the worship. And that, for me, is a sign of maturity, because if your worship is dependent on the lights and the, and the band and, you know, and, and the flashiness of, of the good uh, songs we sing, um, then our worship can be quite shallow. But the test comes when worship is expressed without anything else having to enhance it. Can we then still worship? And, and I believe, Father, as you can. 
And there's something, it's a grace. It's a grace, and I, I, I do see Jesus being very happy about that. And don't lose that. Don't ever substitute your freedom in worship for consumerism. You know what consumerism is? Eh? It's, man, you've got you to make me worship. Let me see how good you can sing before I respond. Not that we want um, poor singing. <laughs> you know, that's not the point, right? <laughs> but I'm not deterred by people and their competence because I know my worship is not about them. My worship is unto Him. And so I worship despite. And I've been in places where, man, I had to go and tell the sound guy, please turn the sound down. It's that loud, you know. The speakers were about to pop, okay. But I still, you know, you, you, you go internally and say, man, if, I, if, if this doesn't change, can I still worship? Can I still step? And maybe I'll stand right at the back so my ears don't pop, you know. But worship is a sign of maturity. And I, I honestly, I saw it last week, I saw it this week, I mean, I see it every week. We can worship despite what's going on here. Everyone has a part to play. And so I'm, that's like an introduction. So bear with me. We still got AGM. But I want to speak about maturity because the Lord has called us to mature. And so the scripture that I really want to get to is Ephesians 2, verse 19 to 22. And you might have heard some of this of the last, like last week as well. But I want to take it from a, from a position, an angle, that I believe is important for us as the Father's house. Um, verse 19, Ephesians 2 says, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but you're fellow citizens, right, with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. There are two descriptions of the believer or the community of faith that is described in Ephesians 2. And last week we heard about kingship, right? The first one is that you are a citizen of God's kingdom. That's kingship. The other one is that you are part of a household. In other words, sonship. But both of these is pointing to Jesus. And I want to explain that because I'm not, I'm not a contractor, I'm not a builder, but I know a little bit, George. Just enough to know that, that I, I'm not going to be messed around, you know, and I still get messed around. You, know. you have a foundation, and then you have the cornerstone. The cornerstone is on which every other stone is based. How high this building is going to go, how it's going to be built. And I love what Ephesians is saying, because what Ephesians says is that the foundation of the church the foundation of the household of God is based, built on the apostles and the prophets. In other words, the apostle, I'm going to break this a little bit down. We had a little bit about this last week. The apostle is a term that was used by the Romans 
when they would send someone out as an apostle, he would go or she would go as a vigorous and a pioneering um, ambassador for that kingdom to shift and, and, and change the culture of where they're going. So the Romans would do, do that to send out the apostles to cities and nations where they were infiltrating so that culture would change towards the Roman Empire. And they did that vigorously and passionately, and also they did that uh, pioneeringly, in other words, groundbreakingly. They would go out and, and people would listen to them and they would say, Hail Caesar, you know. And then they would, Caesar is, and back then Caesar was a god, in their view. So they would paint the whole picture of the culture and the kingdom of Rome, and they would, and they would use that to indoctrinate or infiltrate the culture that they were going into. So that by the time the Roman Empire builds and sets up the governance there, the people are ready for it. And the people can kind of just go with the change. So the apostles in the Bible, because it's important to always read Scripture, as who is it written to, in the context that it was written in, before you start having revelations. Don't just start with Revelation, because the context will always help you. And again, thanks, thank you to Mike we, uh, DeFreitas. We started a Bible school, and he dealt with that. Now the guys that did the biblical interpretation, you understand why? How to interpret Scripture. So the apostles go out, and that's what they do. And Jesus appoints the apostles, the disciples. He makes them apostles, and he says, you go out, and you become vigorous and pioneers in taking the kingdom into all of life, into every city and every town and every nation. And that's what they did. The 12. And you know what? Paul was the one that was the strangest because all the other apostles were disciples that walked with Jesus. And along came Paul, who didn't walk with Jesus. In fact, he was persecuting the Christians, and he had one encounter, and he, his encounter was Christ himself. And then through that, he became an apostle. Now, you and I, we like that. We didn't walk literally with Jesus. But we, you and I, we had an encounter with Jesus. And if you haven't had one yet, then this morning you're in the right place. Okay? But we had, I had an encounter with Jesus. I had an encounter with Jesus, and through that, I realized, man, I've got to take this good news of this kingdom to all that, and I was like it. I would, man, I would go. I, I was young, and I would go to all my friends. Are you saved? <laughs> you know, we didn't have wisdom then, you know, because, you know, you don't just become. You're becoming, right? So I, are you saved? You're going to hell if you don't get saved. <laughs> we, we did all that stuff, and I tell you, you might be wondering, man, can I be that? Because we saw a lot last week. Can I be that? Now I'm telling you, you are that. When you've encountered Jesus, you've become an apostolic person. All you have to do is walk in it. Now, as a church, we're training and we're developing because that's part of what we do. How do you do that is the question. And then the foundation that, that Ephesians speaks about, the second one, is the prophetic. 
And the, pro- the prophets were the ones that brought warning, but they also brought promise. They were the ones that spoke about the coming Messiah. And so in the New Testament, the prophetic became the place where, or, or the, the, the gift where encouragement, exhortation, Paul writes about, becomes um, the, the important key for our maturity and our growth. You see, the apostles, they call out the assignment. The prophets, they call out your identity. And we need them both. That's why as a church, we could just come together, kumbaya, and you know, have a lick of, lick of time. But without the foundation of our assignment, which was on that hall, by the way, and now we're walking into it, we are an apostolic resource center. What does that look like? We're kind of discovering it as we go. <laughs> okay, so we take one step and the Lord says, that, there you go, take that to the nations. I believe our children's church is one of it. It's meant to go to nations. And Lynette is key, and she's already getting invited. And um, you should pray for her. And pray for them. Um, God will show us as we go. So the assignment is important, but the assignment cannot happen without your identity. And so the prophetic atmosphere is important because you've got to, you've got to know your identity. And you know what about, I've learned about identity is that today I feel, man, come on, I can do this. I am that. Tomorrow I'm like, oh, okay. And you know what? That's when you need people to be able to say, come on, I know who you are. Don't forget who you are. Simba. <laughs> Mufasa. <laughs> Don't forget who you are. That's the prophetic. And those two are the foundations of a church. It's the foundation of a community of faith. But here's the key. The cornerstone, right? The foundation can sometimes be faulty. Sometimes you've got to go back and you've got to dig that foundation up and you... Okay, Lord, we thought our assignment was that. And God along the way tells you, actually, no. <laughs> so, oh, man, we've got to go back. Okay, let's dig that foundation up. We thought we were that, Lord. We thought we... No, 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 no. Actually, I think last week was a little bit of that. Like, oh, do you know who you are? Every now and then they'll dig you up. Uh, dig up that foundation. But the cornerstone is the most important part. It is what we build upon. And in this case, it is who we build upon. Jesus is the cornerstone. So even the assignment and even the revelation gets measured to the cornerstone so that the building can build up and become mature. And so we come back to Christ and we say, Father, you sent your son to come and be an example to us of how to live. An example to us of what to do and how to do things. And so a revelation comes and an assignment comes and we bring it back. And Jesus is the word. So the first point, and it's very, very easy, but it's hard work, (laughs) is that we learn our Bible. We learn our scriptures. We get to know Jesus in scripture. What I always say to people, you know, uh, one of my passions, by the way, is uh, Derek's evangelism, man. I I love walking with people that don't know Jesus. And maybe you picked it up. Um, I had someone in the church came to me the other, uh, not a while, beginning of the year, and said, you're an evangelist. And I said, yeah, I know, man. I'm one of those evangelists. 
But there's something hiding here in the church. I don't know why. <laughs> but I tell you, if you, if you come to Jesus, right, if you're a no, newborn Christian, you know the Gospels is the best place to start. Read the four Gospels. It will tell you everything about the rest of the Bible. Because that is the center of who we are and what we are meant to do. Jesus is the center. And you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you start to realize who this person Jesus is. And I've come to fall in love with Jesus. I'm so in love with Jesus. I cannot, I love my wife, but I cannot fall in love with anyone else. I'm telling you. In a sense, must I balance it quickly? That's what pastors do. We balance things here. In the sense that I just want my revelation from you, Jesus. I'll receive it, man. You can come, give me a prophetic word. I'll take it. Trust me, I'm not going to tell you. No. Who do you think you are? <laughs> you know? No, that's nonsense. You can come with your, your prophetic word, but I want to go back to Jesus. And I'm going to say, Jesus, is this who you say I am? And if Jesus says, Tim, that is who you are. And I can, you know, and I'll talk about the Holy Spirit. And I feel it here. And my stomach is good. And my heart is good. And my mind is clear. And I know this is Jesus. And then I say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to walk into that word. And I'm going to become that because that's who you say I am. But I've had words come. And I take it to Jesus. And then Jesus does this thing with my stomach. And it starts turning. You know? And the Holy Spirit starts to, like, make me unsettled. And then I start praying. And I'm wondering, what am I praying for? And then it's like the Holy Spirit is saying, ah nice word not you someone once came to me and said you should start the Timothy feeder ministries oh, wow. that says the Lord oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> huh? uh, take that word I go back to the scriptures and like did Jesus start the Jesus Christ ministry no he built the kingdom of God did Paul start the Paul ministry no, you built the kingdom of God. Did, you know, it's just, that's what you do. And I just took, I said, you know what, I love the guy. I mean, he's a good friend of ours. Um, I love him, and I said, no, uh, thank you. Not take him. Jesus is the cornerstone. And he's the one that you measure it all to. And so the scripture is important. But secondly, the spirit of God that is within you is important. Because in John, Jesus said, I will send you the Holy Spirit, and he will come and he will reveal Christ to you. So right now, for every believer, right inside of you is the presence of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And he is a person. And he's one of the three in the Trinity. And he is real. He is as real as I am standing talking to you right now. He's as real as any person that is giving you counsel today. That is teaching you things today. And he speaks and he teaches and he confirms and he reveals. And then he says, hey, that is Jesus. You've got to listen to that guy and you've got to accept what he says. Or he'll say, hey, that is not Jesus. Or that is not what Jesus is saying to you. Sometimes words go out and they're for the corporate, but they're not for the individual. Sometimes words go out and they're for the individual, but they're not for the corporate. How do you discern this? You go back to Jesus. The Word and the Spirit of God that is in you. And so the foundation is important because it gives us the assignment, it gives us our identity, but all of this leads back and should always lead back to Christ. 
And so the two questions I ask is, does Scripture align to this? Church, we're living in a time where we cannot afford to live off borrowed revelation. Because there's a lot of revelation out there. You can just put YouTube on. You're going to come across amazing speakers, people that can really speak well, articulate really well, um, better than what you've ever heard of this pulpit. <laughs> okay. And if you're not sure how to actually dig into Scripture, to, you can easily be steered into directions. It's what Ephesians 4 is saying, that we don't longer be infants, right? Tossed from one teaching to the other. So I sit, and, and, and Father says, I'm speaking as a pastor in the church as well, that as a church, we will embrace, not embrace we, will, we will be exposed to many things, whether it's in this house or whether it's outside the house, because that's what happens when the, you build on the prophetic and the apostolic. You get exposed. But here's the, here's the good news. You have the authority. You have the authority to take the prophetic and take the apostolic and test it. And then a mature thing to do is what the Bibles call the Bereans did. You know, the church of Berea. They would take the word and they would study it. And then they would discuss it. That's how we started the Bible school. So that, and that's why we have connect groups. We have groups. Discuss the word. Discuss. Go to someone and say, man, I got this word, and I'm not really sure. That's what the household is all about. My children, when they come and they say, Dad, I'm not really sure. We heard this thing, and we're not sure. Um, and Jude is waving at the back. You know, they come to Chauvet, you know. It's our responsibility to be able to call it out of them, whether it's true or not. Whether, whether that resonates or not, because sometimes you don't know. And so you've got to get in, connected in to community. It's safe. And you've got to ask the questions. I'm learning. Allow questions. We had the most amazing time last week, uh, week before, in Bible school. Do you know why, uh, Paolo? I, I, I felt it was like a, because people were able to ask questions. And you know what? We didn't have an answer for every question. Did you notice that? But the beautiful thing of the Spirit of God, He brings revelation as you talk. You know, so Paulo says something, and then, you know, um, Wade was saying something, and uh, who was it? Uh, Derek was saying something. And before you know it, like, we literally answered all questions by saying something, and that's how the Holy Spirit works. Community. So I want to close with, oh, I'm early today. But I also feel I have to do something else. Um, corporate growth and individual growth. And this is, again, same scripture, verse 21. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Now, this is a corporate maturity. It's corporate growth. In Christ, we are becoming a holy temple. What does it mean? And I love this. It means that God, we become, an, I, want to, I want to say, I don't want to say a building. So I want to say this. We become an environment. Because it doesn't matter where you are. Whether we gather in here or whether we gather at somebody's house or whether we gather in the park, I don't know. Um, we become an environment where God abides. 
where His presence is evident. And we feel that through worship and we feel that through the time we spend together. You, you can, sometimes it's people are having goosebumps, right? Sometimes you're crying. You don't even know why you're crying. Some people just start laughing. Sometimes the gifts get stirred up and you want to start prophesying. I know, it happens all the time, right? This, you become a holy temple where God abides. The, uh, the presence of God is no longer just visiting to rest on you or to visit you and then leaves. The presence of God becomes an abiding presence within the community of faith. And all of that is based on Jesus. That's why I believe in worship. Our songs have to be about Jesus. And I felt it this morning. As soon as Jesus is lifted up, as soon as Jesus is glorified, the presence of, of the Lord just comes and it saturates the place. And then our focus is no longer on, man, you know, I don't have that business deal. <laughs> focus is no longer on me. The focus is on him. And then when he comes, I tell you, even and I heard Jason share something of, of his experience this week. Even the thing you've been waiting for, he meets that. And he meets that in his presence. And sometimes the meeting that happens is not necessarily a, bam, you got a job tomorrow, man. Sometimes the meeting that happens is actually that, bam, your peace is back. Bam, your joy is back. Man, and all of a sudden you are encouraged again, you're exhorted, and you're lifted up. And when you leave here, it's like you're floating on air, you know, or crawling on the carpet out. Whatever your, your cup of tea is, it's okay, you know. But you walk out of here and you're full of the fire of God and you're full of joy and you're full of faith. Because why? The abiding presence of God will always meet you where you're at. And then He loves you out of it. But here's the other thing, and I am going to close, and somebody might have to tell in <laughs> I don't know, 10 minutes. Can you tell, tell them next door? 10 minutes or so. Is that verse 22, and in him, you, that's you and me, two are being built together to become a dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And so now here's the key. It's the corporate maturity of the church that brings the abiding presence of God. And then he says, and then also in Christ, you become the very um, I love this word, the carrier of his presence. You're the carrier of the presence of God. And in you he dwells. And so it doesn't matter whether we leave this place, whether we leave the corporate, we go home and we have the presence of God who is in us and who lives through us. And then you face, you know, when you come into your meetings, when you go to work, when you, whatever you do, you come in with his presence into the situation and his kingdom comes. And so Ephesians calls us to that maturity. The maturity of being carriers of the presence of God. And the maturity of being a church that runs after Jesus, the centrality of Christ. Not after man and the niceness of somebody's gift. Amen, Pete. 
I love you, man. Because you know what, eh? You've been faithful in seeing this church all the way through. And Peter's just been Pete. You are, you are a servant of God. And that models to me Jesus. I mean it, eh? Because listen, when you look at kingship through the lenses of Jesus, Jesus was a servant king. And every day I have to tell myself, Tim, you are not defined by being on a pulpit. You are not defined by leading a church, the title, the pastor title. I'm a man. I have a wife. Yeah, you know that? I can also be a friend. (laughs) And I think sometimes what's happened is that we've made it all about the upfront title, whether it's, I'm leading the church, I'm pastoring the church, and, and you know what we miss? We miss so much there, because when you look at Jesus, the servant king, the one who's willing to wash the feet of even someone like a Marlin, yes, come on. <laughs> <laughs> take that shoes off, <laughs> one that's willing to go down and wash the feet, the one that's willing to just, just be with people, love on people. That's, a, that's a, quite a different kind of king. Yeah. And yet he, he could stand and he could speak to thousands. And he could perform miracles and he could walk on water. And, and everybody's like, whoa. But he chooses to be the servant king. Yeah, come on. Hey, I'm learning to prophesy more off the stage than on the stage. To minister more off here than on here. And I call you to that. Don't wait for a mic, you know, to give a prophetic word. Just go give the word. Just go love people. I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally having to tell myself every time, die to that. Die to it. Die to it. I just want to love Jesus. And I just want to follow him. And in that, I can be a friend. You don't need to call me pastor. In fact, that's not even my full identity. <laughs> I think it might shock you. <laughs> but if, you, if we as a church look at the church as a household, then kingship, all of us who are kings here, we are all kings, right? Then kingship looks as a servant king. We serve one another. Whether I can go clean the toilet at the end of the day, or whether I'm on stage playing guitar, I'm just here to serve. The same with being a son. Because you see, sonship, and I'm speaking to all, not one specific gender. Sonship comes with two things. It comes with knowing that you're loved. So Jesus is baptized and the, and the father speaks and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Knowing that you loved. But there was a ne- another moment where God spoke to Jesus. And that was at the transfiguration. But he wasn't just speaking to him then. You know what? He, he was speaking to the disciples that were with him. And he said, this is my son whom I have chosen. 
Listen to him. Two things of sonship. It's knowing you are loved. And it's knowing that you are chosen. You did not choose him. He chose you. Before the foundation of the, of the world. He chose you. And so I, I settled myself in that. I am a son. Loved by God. Chosen by God. And you can settle yourself in that. And then as a household, that's how we see each other. We see each other as sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, man, just with different gifts. So some of you have got a gift to speak, and others have a a gift maybe just to serve at the door, give some coffee. Others have a gift to prophesy. Others have gifts, and we all have different gifts, and none of them um, are hierarchical in the kingdom of God. In fact, we were in the car talking about this as a family, and I said to them, um, equality in the kingdom is just about worth. That's what makes you equal, not your gift. It's about your worth. You are loved. You are chosen. So I am the same as you. You are the same as me. God sees you exactly the same. And I really believe that that is who we are, what you're called to. Fathers us who we are called to. And so can I pray? And if you have questions, ask me. <laughs> ask the Lord. Uh, but I want to pray, Father, for your house, the community of faith that you've placed us in, the Father's house. Lord, we are an apostolic resource center that is a household of sons and daughters that are loved and chosen by you. And I thank you, Father, for the relationships in this house. Thank you, Lord, for, the, for, for everyone who has been here, whether for 20-odd years <laughs> or for those that have just walked through the door, that, Lord, you've placed us together with, on the foundation of assignments, but also, Father, revelation, but Jesus all together focusing on you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for every person and every family that is represented in this house. I pray a blessing over, Father, every home. Thank you, Lord, that we are your kings and we are servants of the Most High, serving one another, not just in this church, Father, but you've called us to serve our nation, our city, to serve, Father, the nations of the world. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your spirit that is in us, that reveals Christ to us. And you have given us authority to be able to know your voice. And so I ask you this morning, do you know who you are? Do you know that you are loved? Do you believe that you are loved and you are chosen? And I go back to Angus's word a couple of weeks ago, and that you belong. You belong in this kingdom, you belong in this household, you belong in this church. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.